man. Hey, have you seen that thing where they slap each other to see who's stronger? No. Did I send it to you? No. What are what? you watching? It's a, a Russian, weird it's a, internet. It's a course. Russian sport. Of course. Is it? And you literally slap each other and you watch these guys get knocked Is out. Is this on TV? Do you find this on your phone? On where? Instagram. Okay. Yeah. We have different Instagram algorithms. I've never seen I this. love, I love stuff. I know. Hey, we want to say thank you to our sponsor, Gateway Seminary. If you're looking to become more of a well-prepared ministry leader, grow deeper in your understanding of God's Word, I would encourage you to check out move.sc gateway. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Debrief. I'm here today with my good friends, Jono. hey The Stephanie. What's up, guys? And the secret sauce of Sandals Church. Wow. What's going on? Alfredo. You it's did a great job you guys. this week. Thank you. Did Thank you get you, money man. from Nike for your shirt? I didn't. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. It's yeah, coming soon, out though. There. Do, we not, do we not pay you enough? You had, yeah. <laughs> he's like yeah. sponsored by Nike. I got to yeah. throw the flags out just yeah, in case. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. No, you look good, man. That no, was a did. great message, too. Yeah. It was. That's powerful stuff. I'm Thanks. excited to get into it. Yeah. It was It was really good. It yeah. Was. Yeah. Fredo's awesome. We love Fredo. You're awesome, too. If you guys haven't gotten a chance to check out the Confused series and these sermons we're doing through Galatians, check those out. Sandalshirt.com slash watch. Watch Fredo's message from last weekend. Yours all leading up to that. If any church, has the authority to speak on confusion. It's us. It's us. <laughs> oh, no. It is us. Oh, uh, well. Yeah, so back off. That's right. Yeah. It's I love when people real. quote scripture, God is not a God of confusion. I'm like, well, God is not confused, but we are. Mm. That's we true. Are. I think yeah, that Fredo, you did a great job, man. Super yeah. excited to have you on the show today. And Fredo's going to be getting a couple more reps this summer. So I'm super excited yeah, to uh, hear him speak. And uh, we're really blessed to have him on staff. Mm -hmm. But we love you guys. And uh, it's good to be back. Hopefully you enjoyed my conversations with uh, Pastor Driscoll. And who else did I talk with? Lisa Bevere. Lisa, Lisa Bevere. Bevere. I'm giving that one like the yep. third listen through right now. Because mm. she spoke to my soul yeah. on quite a few things. She's, so. Man, she's an incredible, an incredible just woman. And just really just speaker for the Lord, man. This is a great time uh, just in the history of the church to hear from women. It's just mm. really, really good. And uh, super blessed that she came here and, and spoke to us. And you guys haven't even heard her husband yet. He's he's pretty awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. They're like a power team, power couple. Mm. Yeah. I was really, that was, there were some good insights on that. I was not expecting. She mm. was super open and real and yeah. honest. Mm -hmm. I appreciated that. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. good. Her Some stuff on her, lessons. like, bits of rage, dude. I'm, like, replaying, Whoa, replaying. Yeah, yeah. That's me. So. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, That's if so I good. could go back, and, I mean, you're right there right now. How old are your kids? Same. I pointed to Fredo. So you guys are just at that point where your kids are so cute and then so awful. Oh, and yeah. it's just so In the hard. same yes. moment. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's so and people that don't have kids, like, oh, your kid's so cute. You're like, give them 10 minutes because mm. this kid is going to turn into the devil. And it's hard because, and I think that's what God makes him so cute, so you don't, like, hurt him. But... um. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's how just, old are your kids? Eli's five, Ella's one. Five. Yeah, and I'm Ella right is in you. a stage right now, man. Yeah. But Saturday before I came here to teach, she was so mean to Eli, and I grabbed her. I said, "Ella, what are you doing?" And she went, <laughs> <laughs> just in my face. <laughs> and think, oh. think about how much bigger you are than her. Oh, yeah, yeah, she like, doesn't right, care. No fear. Yeah, no. I yeah. spank her, and she kind of laughs. Yeah, I'm like, man. I think that's me, Ruth. She's like just now. She's crossed over one, and so she's like starting mm -hmm. to like. She'll get these little like us do rage like course through her body, mm, and she's like started one. like Unhealthy smacking one. at me. Mm -hmm. And so I'll, like yeah. grab her hand and say no, don't do that. And she's like ah. she never laughs. She's laughed so hard at that one. I'm like grab her hand like try to firmly like no, we don't do that. She's like ah, this is so fun. I'm like oh, I'm raising a sociopath. Yes, yes. <laughs> they all are, and that's oh, why yeah. you have to 
to get in their face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Jordan Peterson has some of the best wisdom culturally for how to raise your kid. And Mm -hmm. it's just literally, you got to raise your kid to be likable because you love your kid. So you put, and I think this is why families are so dysfunctional Mm -hmm. because we put up with crap that you can't get away with anywhere else. Mm -hmm. That's why all Mm -hmm. of our families are so bizarre. And so what happens is your kids graduate from this dysfunctional home where you tolerate and even ignore behaviors that are not acceptable. And parents, listen, all the research shows what happens is then your kid can't make friends, isn't liked, they struggle with depression, they feel alienated because the world's not gonna put up with that. Mm -hmm. The world just walks away or they fire you or they're like, whatever, dude. Mm -hmm. And so then you have a very, very lonely person that can't connect with anybody. And it's because you have to love your kid enough to address you know, I mean, your daughter's beautiful, but that's not acceptable. And mm-hmm. you gotta say, no, you can't do that. And uh, so whether you're forced spanking or not spanking, and to me, the issue is, you know, don't discipline when you're angry. You gotta take a step back to make sure you don't hurt the child, but True, that you're yeah. doing it in love. It's good. And that you're, you're you're speaking into them, but you say, this this is not acceptable and this will not happen. Right. It's funny, you know, we, um, we're selling the childhood home of, of my kids and my son was reflecting, unfortunately, on all the times he got disciplined there. I was like, <laughs> do you remember anything else? <laughs> And like, you I, made it, some memories. Made yeah, some there was memories. one time we were going to Disneyland and I was like, you do that again, we're not going. And he's like, nah, nah, nah. And so I pulled over and it was so lame. We had people from the church with us in our car and I literally put him out on the grass on the side of the road. And I stood there and I was like, I will, you and I will stay here. I will call a cab and everyone else will go to Disneyland. And he remembers that. And I was dead serious. <laughs> I was like, I am not going to be held hostage all day long mm-hmm. for your little attitude. And I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you remember that? Dang. Well, it worked. <laughs> remember that one time we were going to Disneyland and we guy can, got yeah. out? The guy can't remember, remember his homework that. to save his life, yeah. but he can remember every single time I disciplined uh, him in his whole life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, can't can't remember retainers, but I remember that time 15 years ago when you, I'm like, geez, buddy. <laughs> yep. That sounds about right. Parenting is, you guys, parenting is no joke. Oh, it's man. like, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Look at how we're all just kind of like, like, you're like uh, just taking like, it. Yeah, we're just like unifying the depression. Selah. Take a moment. Take a moment. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts so far on the series as we've been cranking through? I guess it would be for both of you as as we've been going through this whole series of Confused, tackling the book of Galatians. Yeah. There's been a lot of awesome moments, um, huge takeaways, obviously. But um, yeah, what are your thoughts so far? I think it's been really good. I think Fredo, uh, his mind works differently than mine, as does Adam's. And I think that the three of us together have been really able to kind of unlock some stuff that I would have missed on my own. And uh, that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit working through other people. It's sometimes, right, our our, our unique giftedness brings something out that that we would miss. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I just think it's been incredible. I think Galatians is such an important book for so many of us I think we're all legalists somewhere. Mm-hmm. We're all of us are legalists somewhere, and um, you know we point out the license that others have, but we're we're, we're all legalists comparing and, and feeling like we're we're superior here. And and like this weekend, I just loved how you know Fredo talked about coming back to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Where were you when you were saved? And the truth is, we yeah. were hopeless and we were lost. And what happens is, I think, um, is as we put our attention on others, we take our attention off Christ, and we and we forget you know, where we've come from and how the Lord has blessed us. And I just think about, I loved how Fredo talked about where he was, how he was depressed, what was going on in his life and what Christ redeemed him from. And it's real easy to forget that when you're looking at everybody else, you're looking at what everybody else is doing and you're forgetting the beauty and the simplicity of Christ. And I love, again, this weekend, I know you're here, but um, just that the gospel is the growth. And, and so many people like, we're gonna go deep. And it's like, just, just bask in the simplicity of the gospel. You are dead in your sins 
and Christ raised you from the dead. And that that's where we grow from. I mean, the, the growth of Paul is he never seems to forget from which he came. Mm, he yeah. always knows exactly where he was and what God did. And it seems that Peter, a couple of times, forgets that great conversation in the end of John. Right. Do you love me? Right. Do you love me? Right. You blew it. Mm. And so Peter tends to, and, and, and Galatians, and even Barnabas mm. got caught up in this being more concerned with yeah. what people think of me rather than where I was when Christ saved me. Mm. And that's just so, so important. And I think Galatians is just such an important book. And um, my kids, do you watch The Bachelor, anybody? But yeah, Ash and I. So there's a Christian girl on The Bachelor and she was in a conversation and I, I didn't watch the show, so maybe you can enlighten me, but I read it on the TV, but they were just talking about how one of the guys that she's chosen to date has said, I don't wanna have sex until I get married. I feel like God's called me to do that. And she came out and said, "Is I, I, Jesus loves me where I am and he forgives me for what I do. And I think she is exactly who we're talking to. People who call mm. themselves Christians yeah. and think that I can do whatever I want sexually, which in, when we get into Galatians 5, you know, the, the, the sins of the flesh are obvious. Right. Not to everybody anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've made Jesus into this all forgiving, all understanding, loving, never judge a savior. And she actually said that in the show, uh, who are you to judge me? And, you know, I wish I would have been on the show because I would have said, well, actually, I think you should utilize some judgment when selecting a future spouse. <laughs> I think that's important. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's an, actually an essential part of dating. You should be judging. Is this, is this right. the kind of person that I want to spend the rest of my life with? And she says, who are you to judge me? And it's like, uh, the guy dating you? that We're mm -hmm. talking about yeah. marriage? <laughs> um, and so that's where our culture is. We've gotten so afraid of being judgy. Um, and really that statement, who are you to judge mm -hmm. me, is a judgment. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. that, that's what it yeah. is. So you're a hypocrite when you say that. And it's just really, really sad. And again, mm. I think people are confused. Um, and I think we even have a question about this when we get to James mm -hmm. and his disagreements right. uh, theologically, right. at least from from what, looking at it with Paul. And I think that's what where James is coming from is because people just think they can do whatever they want because, oh, I, I believe the right things. And really what they mean is I think the right things about mm -hmm. Jesus. Yeah. So. Well, you had a good point this weekend when you when you said that um, we've traded the good news for good advice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I, that ties in with what you're talking about of not being judgmental, but not using good judgment. What would you say is some of the the worst, you know, good advice that's uh, out there? Follow right your now? heart. Follow yeah. your heart. Follow your heart. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Do just, do whatever feels right. Yeah. Mm. Live your like live your truth. Like do what's good for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good advice, worst good advice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Definitely looking within yourself too to try to figure out mm. who you want to be. Because mm. you're so confused. You know, you mm. don't you have a lot of different desires that are all very strong. Sure. You know. Um like you want to be independent, but you also want to be intimate with someone. Mm. Uh, you want to succeed, but you also kind of just want to relax and chill, right? So there's always these strong competing desires. And so that kind of advice, which is so popular today, I don't think really gets anyone anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but it's all about individuality, mm -hmm. you know, your unique, your uniqueness and, and who you can become. Mm. Um, How but, does a person that's maybe a young person or a person that's maybe young in, in their in their walk, like maybe you understand, okay, great. Yeah, I, I don't wanna just take good advice. I wanna follow the gospel. And I've been told like, read my Bible, making that connection. How, what, what do you give, what advice do you give in people that are trying to do that and actually follow the gospel in the word or, or whatever way you would have them do it? Yeah, I mean, I would say individuality is a great pursuit, um, mm. but it just needs to get larger, right? So the Bible's picture of individuality is much larger than what the, cur the current culture sure. is saying. And so mm. I'd say scripture is a means to understanding God, which in turn is a means to understanding yourself, mm. the way that he's made you. And then 
in Christ, you know, the one who has actually completed us um, is, is what is going to happen as a result of mm. that. So I would, I would just kind of switch the, the, the goal that you're after comes as an implication. In other words, like mm. you don't get happy by pursuing happiness. Happiness right. is a byproduct mm, of something else. And so you don't find individuality by pursuing that. It comes as a byproduct of first doing something else. That's great. And yeah. so prayer, scripture, the church community, you mm-hmm. know, um, the, the disciplines and rhythms of Christians are a means to growing in Christ and, and then ultimately understanding yourself. Mm. But we, we've kind of flipped those two, right? Yeah, church good. to the degree yeah. that I know myself, church to the degree that, you know, I get the freedom I think I need. Mm-hmm. And same with Jesus. Like I'll take the Jesus that I can manufacture in my own mm, reality, you good. know, but then we, then he can't ever disagree with us. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. So, and I think that's what's great about Galatians is allowing the Bible to speak on its own terms, allowing the gospel to speak on its own terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's allowed us to go back in the passenger seat, you know, and let mm-hmm. someone else clarify some things for us. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it kind of ties into what we're talking about with these questions. Yeah, so we got some really great questions in as you've been working, walking through this series so far. So the first one came in anonymously. Um, it's actually uh, somebody who's uh, from a Hindu background in India. Okay. So it says, in Galatian, t- Paul talks about pre- preserving the truth and the freedom we have in Christ. Having come to the Lord from a Hindu background, I've always understood the importance of being born again or being convicted by the Holy Spirit as evidence of a true believer or a true Christian. I'm currently living in Canada, and there are a lot of people I meet here in North America who identify as Christians and then say, I've been a a Christian my whole life since I was born. What I understand is that their personal testimony of having received the Holy Spirit or Spirit of Jesus is empty. I've had a terrible experience trying to talk about this with some people. How can I learn to talk to them about really knowing Jesus? Mm. Yeah, I mean, mm. that's just a problem growing up in cultural Christianity. No one is born a Christian. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody is. You must choose. And that's why we just had family dedications. Did you do that at your mm-hmm. campus? Yeah. So at all the campuses, we did family dedications. So what we're saying is we're going to raise this this child in the admonition and teaching of the Lord. But ultimately, this, this kid has to make a choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I love my three children dearly. I hope they choose to follow Christ. Ultimately, mm-hmm. the terrifying thing about having children is they choose. Right. They, mm-hmm. they, they're going to make a decision mm-hmm. to follow their own path or to follow the path of Christ. And I've done everything I can, right? Proverbs says, raise a child up in the way that they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. We've done a series on Proverbs. Proverbs is general wisdom. It's not, mm-hmm. a lot of times people assume that's a promise. Mm-hmm. So I do everything right. And when my kid, my kid screwed up, the Bible's wrong. No, uh, it, it's, a, it's a general principle for life. It's a general rule of thumb that if you do this, man, it, it's going to work out. And so generally, but it, it, it's not, it, it doesn't work out in every circumstance. And so we just got to know that. But what I would just say is, I think that's the hard part for any person who gets serious about, serious about Christ is all of a sudden the people that you thought love Jesus don't. And then it's weird mm-hmm. um, and, and, and it's hard. And so uh, what do you call it? The, the cage phase? You talk about that. You, oh, the cage so, stage. The cage stage. So you kind of get ultra, trapped in like that. And, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but just for anybody who gets excited or passionate about mm. a new understanding or, or thoughts about God, you have to mm. learn to handle those people who don't think like you in love and grace. And so, you know, Paul says repeatedly, knowledge puffs up. And so your new awareness of your relationship with God, you, you have to continue to care and love for these people. But the bottom line is, unless they have a testimony, some kind of like, here's where I was, here's what God did, here's how I gave my life to Christ. The person who can't articulate that and then there's not evidence of, of a changed life, 
what they what they mean by I'm Christian is they're not anything else. Mm-hmm. And that's what it means is I, mm-hmm. I wasn't raised in a yeah. Muslim family. Right. I wasn't raised in a wow. Hindu family. Mm-hmm. That's what they're saying. Mm. So um, I've, I've been raised in, in somewhat of a Christian culture, but I have not yet come to Christ. And um, we just got to know that we all we all take this for yeah. granted. And it's again, because I think Canadian culture, like most of the Western world has, uh, you know, fallen away from the truth of the gospel. We've taken it for granted. We don't read the scriptures. We don't understand um, you know, what was there. And, and there's going to be a lot of people on judgment day that are very sad. Like, um, I don't know, do you guys ever listen to the radio and you, have you heard mm-hmm. of LifeLock? Mm-hmm. So LifeLock is this, this program that, that protects you identity against identity theft. theft. Right? And yeah. I, I, every time I hear that, I think, you know, I need to do that. I need to do that. You do need to do that. <laughs> yeah. You well, have the craziest stories, <laughs> yeah. man. Well, my, I, my identity has been stolen. Mm-hmm. So, Multiple times, right? Well, this time, or, this time somebody's purchased my social security on oh, the web. So they're opening credit cards <laughs> oh, in my name. Uh, and and I, I always knew I should get my life right with LifeLock, and I didn't until it was too late. And uh, I think there's, I think we got a sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that they they just assume with Christ they're gonna they're gonna get it right one day, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, something happens, and, and 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 it's just not right. And people are not ready. They're not they're not born again. And that's why again, when's the last time? You know, I just admonished our pastors. Uh, were you there Thursday? You know, share the mm-hmm. gospel. Mm-hmm. Share the gospel because. A lot of times we fall into this trap of, well, I'm gonna invite him to church and I'm gonna be a good witness and yeah. I'm gonna be a good friend. Those things are all good. Share the gospel. Right. Share the gospel. And uh, you know, as churches, we spend thousands of dollars to send somebody overseas on a two-week mission trip for what you won't do to the person sitting in the cubicle next to you. Mm. It's like, come Man. on, share the gospel. Yeah. Just share the gospel. And mm-hmm. I, I really became convicted of that uh, actually through a Southern Baptist pastor named Steve Gaines. And uh, Steve and I have um, various, way different approaches to church, to the gospel, to everything. But he just really convicted me. And another guy named Pastor James Merritt out of Georgia. And I was with Pastor James in a hotel when he literally, our our rooms were next to each other and the maid coming in, he said, has anyone ever shared Christ with you? And Mm. we're in Florida. And I'm just like, this is weird. Mm. And she says right in front of me, no, but I've always wanted to hear about it. Wow. Yeah. And she's an immigrant from Russia <laughs> yeah. working at a hotel in Florida. And I'm sitting there and I watch James, Dr. Merritt lead this girl to Christ in the hotel. And I'm like, That's what amazing. am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. And so I just started to get convicted about that. And I've made um, LA Fitness. So if you go to LA Fitness just, and, you, and you're not a Christian, just know at some point, I'm gonna talk to you about the Lord. And that's <laughs> what I'm gonna do. Because That's I want awesome. to, I don't just want to admonish our church to share their faith. I want to be a person who shares my faith. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason people don't share it is they don't know it. Well, that's a you problem. Right. It's not super complicated. Right. You People are hopelessly separated from God. There's nothing that can connect you with God, not being spiritual, not being a good person, not going to church, not praying. Nothing can connect you to God. Jesus Christ is the relational solution to your relational problem with God. And that's why yeah. we have the spirit of his son Amen. who cries out, Abba, right? And so we have to have that. And and that's just so important. And so I, I would just say, most people are not Christians. Most people don't think about that. Like even in our culture today, one of the problems they're having in England, and I don't know what it is with England, but they seem to talk more about issues than we do in America. But one of the problems is they're noticing that people are so uh, divorced from death Hmm. they don't know what to do it or how to handle it. Wow. Because so few people die. Like every death now is shocking. Like, you know, I remember I, I, I tell the joke about when I did the funeral <laughs> for the, the hundred year old and everybody's crying. I'm like, mm-hmm. right. 
you how didn't, don't we see this, didn't see this coming? Like right. we're not, we're not prepared for this moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, and not that you shouldn't grieve, you know, the loss of someone because even a hundred years is not long enough for love, mm-hmm. but we're so divorced from the reality of death. And just two generations ago, you know, I have pictures of my great grandfather being washed by my great grandmother. Wow. Like he's dead. They're washing him. They're putting him in the grave. They take a family photo with him in his box and then they oh. bury him. My wife's family, we have a picture of my wife's great-great-grandfather smoking a cigar, sitting on his casket because he was put to death by the territory of Phoenix for his crimes. He's smoking a cigar in one picture. The next picture, he's in the casket with a bullet hole in his head. Oh my yeah. gosh. Is that hanging in your house? Uh, it's those actually, pictures? I, I, where are these pictures? I, I, I told my wife, I said, I wanna make sure we get that photo because yeah. I mean, it is, it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so my, my wife's uh, family, he was the only Mormon put to death for the Mormon massacres. And so a lot of people don't wow. know what that was, but uh, there was a, a temporary war between the territories of, of, of that Mormons owned and the United States of America. There was a quick war that they quickly surrendered when the troops showed up. Wow. But my uh, great-great-grandfather on my wife's side was the only member of the Mormon council put to death for those massacres. And so we, wow. we have the photo. And I'm not kidding you, he's literally there smoking a cigar and um, had yeah. some really rough words to say about Brigham Young. Um, yeah, because- <laughs> your, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, That's a good point, because being so desensitized. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, this big shock. But yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I like what she said, how she wrote this question. Sorry, I'm Who saying is she? she, she oh, oh Anonymous. Yeah. yeah, it's not. I think I it's I shouldn't a he, assume. But... It maybe it's a he. I'm sorry, Anonymous. Uh, but it says, how can I learn to talk to them uh, about really knowing Jesus, that even even that question, how can I learn to talk? Mm-hmm. I think there's something there to say, well, anytime you're learning something, don't you just do it? You have yeah. to start doing and trying it and getting better at it mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I think it's scary for everybody. But again, the advantage that he has or she has is that they're, they're coming out of a culture into mm-hmm. a new calling. And so the problem is when you grow up in a Christian-like culture, and I don't even know that the West is Christian anymore, mm-hmm. but the assumption is that we are, it's like, what do I need to change now? Well, the answer is the same for the Hindu, mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. But we we buy into and we and we convince ourselves that, that we're righteous, which I think we have a question on this coming up. We kind of fall from grace mm-hmm. yes. and we forget, we forget yeah. that this Hindu person, uh, Annie Moss here, is saved in the same way. Right that these supposed Christians are who are, are no more Christians than he was. Mm-hmm. They're just deceived. Yeah. And and that's the problem again that you know behind this whole argument is you know the Jews feel like they're good. We're good. Right. We don't need we have the law that's gonna save us. What's and the problem, right? Man, that can't save you. Yeah. Yeah, well yeah. Jesus or Jesus. We'll say Jesus. Yeah. It's kind of cool to say Jesus. Um Galatians five four says you who are uh, trying to be justified by the law are alienated from Christ. You have fallen from grace. What does it mean to fall from grace? How does this affect the assurance of our salvation? I really need grace, so I would like to keep it and pretty much not fall out of it ever. Yeah. Well, wow. so, yeah, there are multiple <laughs> what does it mean? Uh, veins yeah. of Christianity. And so the holiness side of Christianity, so Nazarene, mm. holiness church, uh, church of God in Christ, uh, they use this phrase, I think inappropriately, to mean that you've fallen out of grace. Mm. And that's not what Paul means at all here. Paul is talking about the fact that, look, you have you have fallen away from this great message, this great gift, and now you've convinced yourself that somehow you can earn what was freely given. And so mm. that's what he's saying, you, you've stumbled. And so I think the, the, you know, the word falling, like, like Fredo spoke this weekend, 
you've you've fallen away from the message that was so vividly portrayed to you. Mm. Like, so if Christ died, there was no need. Uh, if Christ didn't need, oh, I'm saying, Christ wouldn't have died if you could have saved this on your own. And so right, now you've right. fallen away from this gift of grace, and now you've bought into this lie that I believe in Jesus and I oh, do yeah. these things. But there's, this is one of the, not one of the most, but it is very misquoted by many people, and it's mm-hmm. it's very un- misunderstood. Um, you know, grace is unmerited favor. How do you how do you fall away from something you didn't deserve or earn in the first place? And sure. so that's the problem with it. But what it means is you've fallen away from the message of grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it just the fact that he is scared of losing grace, I think, is a good sign that he's he's going to stay within it. You know, mm-hmm. like no one no one who uh, is is so in uh, in love with it and changed by it, I think, is going to come to mm-hmm. a place where they're like, oh man, I. I don't know if I need it anymore, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. this idea that he wants grace and needs grace is a good place for him to recognize he's, he's gonna be okay. Yeah, and the context of the chapter, chapter verse one, right? Saying stand fast, mm-hmm. that that standing and falling, yeah. like stand fast yeah. in the liberty. Mm-hmm. So almost like that challenge is to stand fast in grace and not turn to what the, what the whole context of the, the letter is about, right? Yeah. Not turning to legalism, mm-hmm. but actually staying in grace. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So I think on on the theological spectrum of of you know Christians who disagree on you know Calvinism versus Arminianism, so the 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 problem with Arminius today right, is insecurity and fear. Am I ever am I ever saved? Did I do enough? Am I okay? Mm-hmm. And there's there's just a real a real sense of is this a real relationship mm-hmm. and am I in this? On the Calvinistic side, uh, it's arrogance and mm-hmm. pride. And, um, and and so I, I believe in confidence, but not arrogance. And so mm-hmm. you, you just have to be really careful and know no matter which theological side you're coming from, just know that there there are challenges. And and the you know, Satan doesn't go, oh, you believe right, so I'm not going to attack that. <laughs> Satan yeah. goes, oh, so so you have right theology. I'm I'm going to come after you on mm-hmm. that. And you got to remember, Satan mm-hmm. uses the word of God to attack Jesus and to try to tempt him. And so you just have to be aware of, okay, here here here's what I believe. Um, you know, and so on the Armenian side, you know, I can become holy, which, man, if that's possible, I haven't done it. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, but on the other side, you know, I, I'm predestined and even if I reject Christ, I'm still good, right? I'm just like, okay, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had people tell me, well, God has to forgive me because I'm chosen or I'm the elect. And I'm like, Ugh. yeah, you know, so uh, good luck with that one on judgment day. Hope I'm a little bit behind you uh, as the cloud of smoke goes, <laughs> um, so, so just just know that, um, but there's no way to fall from grace. Paul is using, I think, the way, just exactly, standing and falling. Mm-hmm. So following God on the path and then right. falling away or tripping, right. you know, trip up. And so Paul will regularly use, you know, keep in step with the Holy Spirit, uh, walk with Christ. He right. refers to the, the Christian journey as a walk. And so mm-hmm. when we stumble, right, when we fall, that's a bad thing. Yeah. And they've, they've fallen away from uh, the gospel that was delivered mm-hmm. to them as this beautiful thing. So it's a great question. Any more thoughts? No, yeah, just like what he told Peter, you know, he wasn't walking in line with the gospel. It's probably, I think mm-hmm. in the same vein of thought of him saying, don't don't fall from grace. In other words, like don't realize your position you have in Christ and that works of the law are, are not going to change that. Mm-hmm. If anything, you, you'd kind of nullify mm-hmm. grace, you know, or, right. or disregard it as he says earlier in mm-hmm. the letter. So, yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is what the Church of Galatia had done. They right. disregarded the grace that is found through Jesus Christ. So, right. mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, awesome. 
Well, so this next question comes from Kira, and she uh, is referencing back to a verse you mentioned earlier on the series. Uh, we mentioned Hebrews 4.12, which says, the word of God is alive and powerful, cutting between soul and spirit. Can you explain what the difference is between our soul and our spirit? Yeah, so this is a, I'm really glad, and I didn't know you were going to ask that second question. So one of the one of the, the hermeneutical principles is to really identify what's the subject of what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. What What's the main point in this sentence? Otherwise, we can get distracted. Right. So Fredo as he kind of unlocked that passage, right? And, and, and you as well, Jono, talked about walking and falling. Mm-hmm. And so the whole point of that passage is, is to stay in line with what the gospel teaches. Right. But then we get hooked on this phrase, fallen from grace. Then we have small groups and all these meetings of what that means. And right. we divorce it from, from the, the context. context. Mm-hmm. And so what happens here is the same thing is we get distracted by soul and spirit when what the whole point of the passage is, is what is the word of God? The word of God is able to penetrate the unpenetrable. And so I think, you know, soul and spirit are indistinguishable. But if they were distinguishable, this the word of God can pierce that. And oh. so whatever it is, the the understanding here is not what is the soul and what is the spirit. Right. The point is what is the word of God? The word of God is able to cut through things that may be one, maybe right. the same. That's how powerful it is. That's how strong it is. And we have to know that whatever shields I have up. However, I defend myself from from God or protect myself from from His Spirit. When I read the Word of God and I hear His words, His word's going to go right through that. It's impenetrable. No matter what defense mechanism you have, mm-hmm. God's word is going to go right through it, and it's going to pierce the insides of who you are—not to destroy you, but to save you. Right. And and that's the point. And 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 a lot of us. And again, you know, so many of our people don't like worship. They say, well, "When's worship going to be over?" Man, worship. Is, is preparing you for the word of God that's gonna come straight at your heart. And and a lot of people don't understand why that's so important. And I, I just say, look at the battle of Jericho. And so we're marching around the walls of your heart and we all have them, I have them, mm-hmm. and we're preparing to hear the word of God as, as it just comes at us. And, um, and that's why people don't like the Bible. I mean, think of all the religions on earth. There's a lot of religions that say some really bizarre things and mm-hmm. Christianity is constantly singled out and attacked. And I think it's because the unique way the word of God really goes after us and mm-hmm. challenges us. And um, and that and that's the point. You got any thoughts? I talk forever. No, yeah, just, uh, yeah, like you said a second ago, scripture um, is something that we can't look at objectively, right? We're going to always have like a, a kind of bent or a bias towards it, mm-hmm. um, which is why, you know, and the author of Hebrews is trying to say like, it's gonna get through everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes in those passages where maybe soul spirits mentioned, it could maybe be just a point of emphasis to communicate the whole self yeah. is being engaged by mm-hmm. the word of God, which is alive. Sure. Um, because other places in scripture, it makes really clear that just body and soul mm-hmm. are generally the the, uh, mm. the division, I guess, of what it means to be a whole person yeah. is to be both those things. And so, yeah, I don't know well, if it's just next, point of emphasis. or And the next part of that verse, right, is bone and marrow, right? This, right. this yeah. Uh, who you are inside it's more almost like a poetic mm-hmm. picture yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 but the point is the it word of god is everything. like a sword right and yeah. it's going to cut through whatever armor right. you have and that's why we need to allow it and really open ourselves up and say god i, I want you to pierce my heart here mm-hmm. and i want you to show me you know what's good right and true because right bad advice follow your heart that doesn't work i need to follow your word and mm-hmm. so um you know psalms 119 11 um Give it to me. I'll choose. None of you guys know it. I don't. Um, Google it. 
Oh man, why Psalm one nineteen? Yes, you don't want to sin your word in my heart oh, yeah. that I might not sin against God. Yeah. Jeez, I just had a total brain fart there. I apologize. <laughs> Wasn't hidden so, in your heart, I guess. Ironic. Yeah, apparently it's <laughs> not in my heart. In <laughs> yeah, I oh, know it, it was hidden too well. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was in there, hidden in a spot you didn't know where to find it. Yeah, so, but I mean that was one of the first. Jeez, that's a terrible example. <laughs> one of the first verses I memorized as a Christian was mm. not. It's not what's my heart, but I'm gonna hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against God. Right. You know, Tammy and I have had so many conversations about, well, you know, her concerns for me as a man being out in the world. And I'm like, look, man, if my love for you is not enough to provide you security, you know, my fear of God in his word and 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 standing mm. before him on judgment day, that that that's with me all the time. And mm. and I can't hide from him. Like mm. I can hide stuff from Tammy, but I, I can't hide from God. And I think that that's just really important to remember. Mm. So. Awesome. Well, so Bruno wrote in and he said, you talk Bruno? Bruno. Oh, I love that name. It's a great <laughs> um, name. It's a good name. Yeah. Since he spoke about the gospel being neither legalism nor license, saying that we only need Jesus plus nothing, which I concur. However, a few weeks back during worship, I was so moved, I felt as if I should praise God in tongues. I've never been so urged ever at Sandals. The music was transitioning from one song to another, and that's when the prompt to speak came. I fought through the urge and just kept it to myself. Should I have just allowed that to happen? I felt ter- terrible about it later, as though I was disobedient. Please help me understand. Yeah, so... Here's what I would say is, mm. is that, you know, if you're feeling prompted by God to do something, I think it's fine to do it as long as you're not a distraction. And so mm. if the, for those of you who go to Hunter Park, you know, the amen guy that we have, I think it's fine. Did, did he amen when you were? <laughs> yes, and he so, did. So, <laughs> but he was restrained. He was very restrained oh, but this it, weekend. But, but it becomes the, a distraction. Yeah. To many people around, particularly people who've never been to church before. Sure. And in our culture nowadays, people making sounds, noises, movements in a large setting is very unsettling mm-hmm. because we live in an environment where people get shot and killed. And so you just you just have to understand that and not just think about yourself. And so what I would say is if you're feeling prompted by the Holy Spirit to do anything, as long as it's not a distraction and it doesn't take people's attention away from what God is doing and draw it mm-hmm. to you, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you become the distraction and you take people's attention off of what God is saying and doing, then I think that it's off and, and we just need to, you know, so I would say, you know, go ahead and, and, and allow that prompting, but do it in such a way. So Paul says that the spirit is subject to the, to the prophet. Mm-hmm. And so you can control it. You don't have to be a freak. You don't have to be weird, but I think we all need to be responsive to the spirit when the spirit mm-hmm. is leading us to do something. And I think that's awesome. And I want you to have freedom to do that, but not freedom that distracts or causes a circus or a scene. That is not the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, but if the Holy Spirit is is leading you to do something, again, you know, there, you have the volume control. Wouldn't you agree? You don't yeah. have to like, yeah. it doesn't have to be loud and distracting. Just like the sure. amen guy, he can say amen under his breath all day long. But when it starts distracting, <laughs> scaring or startling people, yeah. mm-hmm. it's a problem. And so that's, you know, that's where we have to manage it. It's not just about you. And, uh, and so I think that we have freedom mm. in worship, but it's not just about us. Mm. You know, like um, if I'm watching a movie and my family's watching the movie and I'm so excited, I jump up in front of the screen and I start screaming and dancing, or I guess sporting event would be a better illustration. Mm. <laughs> so we're watching, we're watching a sporting event together and I block everyone's view in my mm. celebration now I've become a problem because I'm distracting people yeah. from appreciating what's happening. Sure. Mm-hmm. Now, if Fredo and I hug and we high five 
and we're super excited, mm. that's appropriate yeah. because we haven't blocked anyone else's view. Right. And that's just the way that I would say, again, being a Christian is, is it's not just about you. It's the yeah. family of God. We're all worshiping and you need to be as free as you possibly can without detracting from someone else's right. experience. Yeah. And, and I think that's in our society that's missing is I hate mm -hmm. going to the movies. Like I, I hate it because people are socially <laughs> clueless and it's just, it's really hard for me. And I have ADD and I'm completely distracted. Mm. Um, so like if I'm in the worship service, I'm on the front row. Yeah. I can't, yep. I can't have anybody in front <laughs> right. of me. I gotta be yeah. in the front row staring right up right up. Yep. I mean, I, I just, that's just the way I, I just, right. I have a, a learning yeah. disability. It's a yeah. real thing. And I've prayed about it and God's like, nope. <laughs> a lot of that ties into the next question from Stephanie. You're talking about discernment, I think is where it comes down to. She says, I'm new to sandals and attend online because I live in the Midwest. Yay. Hey, Wherever Stephanie, that that's is. Awesome. Very cool. It's the Midwest. <laughs> Uh, do you have any suggestions for how to develop discernment and how to listen to God's direction and for our lives on a daily basis? Yeah. What would you yeah. say? You wanna go first or you want me to go yeah, first? Yeah, sure, I, I got some thoughts. Yeah. First, you, you gotta slow down. Mm. You, you've got to slow down um, and create space in your life so that you can listen to, to what God is wanting to uh, reveal mm. to you. And I think that happens a few ways. Listening happens as you're quiet and silent, maybe mm. by yourself from different moments of the day, because what obviously surfaces is is things that are kind of inside of you, right? Mm. So like what, what's been circling in your mind and heart will usually kind of rise to the surface and you're able to hand that to God and, and allow either his word or his prompting in that moment to kind of inform what's happening there, right? Mm. And so I think uh, developing discernment comes through um, blocking out other noise mm. and creating rhythms for you to do that on a regular basis and then mm. kind of be prompted to pray, to find some scripture, right? Because a lot of the times we, we just don't know what's happening on the inside. And mm. so pausing, slowing down creates opportunities and, and windows for those things mm. to kind of bubble up in us. To why do you think we don't them. do that? Because in a culture, what? we don't slow down a lot. No. Why, why do you think? Oh man, we're defined because we we're defined by what we accomplish and, and mm. what we do. Mm. and. Even Christian culture, you know, moves at a fast pace. We mm. want bigger, better, faster all the time, you mm. know, and uh, and and so that that seeps into our private time, into our our other rhythms of life. That's and so, so true. Yeah, so much too of of our achievement. You know, if we say we're busy, that means oh, we're doing good. Mm -hmm. Like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm just so busy. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow, you must be. Yeah, really probably even succeeding. subconsciously, you're avoiding dealing with a lot of the stuff that needs oh, to yeah. bubble up and needs to come before God, you know, mm, but yeah. I can do that all, all day. Like, oh, I'm super busy. I'm not going to think about this thing that's actually been bothering me, that's you know, yeah. if I like, just stay busy. So I think that, you know, I've been married 23 years and, I, you know, you'd think that it would just be so easy for Tammy and I after 23 marriages just to slip into an intimate. 23 years. 23, 23 years is yeah. what yeah. I say. 23 marriages. Yeah. Oh, 23. Yeah. yeah. No, I've had one we marriage got you. We got for 23 you. years. Yeah. Um, it, you would think that it would be just so easy to slip into an intimate moment and just really connect emotionally. Mm. And I found that even in our culture with someone I love so much, I've spent 23 years with, it's really still a struggle to connect, you know, connect sure. our hearts really to, to buy in. Mm. Um, and then there's the fear of what I think she's saying, of what she thinks I'm saying. Like we have mm. to weed through all of that. And you just have to remember that your relationship with God is a relationship with a real person. Mm. And so there's not any... Uh, blocks on the other end, right. but there are blocks on our end. And so you gotta, you've gotta attune with yourself. Like, what, what am I feeling? What, what's going on with me? Um, you know, just this morning, my wife and I had a conversation where I got a little frustrated with what she said, and it shouldn't have frustrated me because it really goes back to my sin issues as a three. And what she mm -hmm. was sharing, I, I took as I'm not providing 
a good enough life for you. You're not happy with the life that we're having. And she was simply expressing a feeling that she had um, based upon something that she saw on the internet. And it's just like, man, I need to, I need to be available um, and check my heart so that I can listen mm-hmm. to hers. And I think with God, um, I think that God, we, we have to be available and ready to listen when he corrects us because yeah. our father in heaven corrects us. Mm-hmm. And it always kind of, it really bums me out when people have, have mm-hmm. said, I haven't heard from God. I heard, I've heard from God a lot. And it's like, don't do that. Like I have heard, the only thing, you know, we talked about spirit and soul. The only thing I could tell you, it feels like, it's like someone put, punched my inner soul. And God's like, you need to stop this in your life. This needs to be eliminated because it was sin. Some of the more vague stuff is uh, choosing between good. Mm. Like if you're struggling mm. between choosing between good and bad, I don't understand that. Like I'm really working on saying no to good things because I'm pulled in so many directions and uh, my desire to you know, want people to like me then lends me to saying yes to things that I, I can't say yes to. And, I, and I've got to cut that out because back to what Fredo said, as a, an unhealthy three and an unhealthy eight, I want to be in charge and I want to succeed. And so I'm not slowing down. I'm not spending enough time with God. And um, you know, for me, my day needs to start with reading God's word. Today, I was in First Corinthians chapter, um, let's see, it was eight, nine, and 11. Mm-hmm. So I read three chapters today. And, um, and I, don't, I don't try to, um, give myself a thing, you know, chapter uh, eight is a little longer mm. than nine and 10. And so nine and 10 were kind of quick. And then I said, you know, I need to read that again. Cause again, I think we get caught up in, I got to read through the Bible in a year and, right. and I want to hear from God this year. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do. And so I, I got off that whole, cause my whole performance issues and oh, I got to, yeah. I've got to, I've got to read through the Bible every year. And then I met mm. somebody, well, I read through the Bible three times a year. I'm like, well, what else do you do? <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I, I, I think it's, again, one of the things that the word of God does is it gives us wisdom over time. Mm, and so yeah. I continue. So I think, again, mm. we want this microwave answer. And it's because you you need to be figuring out the answers to questions you're going to have five years from now and 10 years from now. So how do I parent? Yeah. How mm. do I lead? I was learning those things five and 10 years ago mm. before. And so that's what Paul says. He wants us to ultimately get to the place where we, listen to these words, we know what the will of the Lord is. Right. What the heck is that? Yeah. That means there's not a verse. Mm-hmm. It means we have grown so close with our father through his word. I know my dad wouldn't do that. Mm. I know that's not my dad. That's not my dad's heart. Mm. And that's where I think mm. the Pharisees had such a problem with Jesus is they did they, they detached themselves from the father's heart because he says, if you knew my father, you would know me, mm. but you don't know him. And yeah. so you don't receive me. And so it's just, it's how do I constantly, you know, get to know God? And and some of you are in small groups with people that don't know the Lord yet. And you guys, man, don't talk about politics. Don't talk about movies. Talk about the word of God. Wrestle through that that stuff. It's, it's not as complicated as you would think. Mm. What I would say to Christians is try to be obedient to what you understand and what you don't get, hand up to the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, we can get sidetracked. Well, what's the difference between soul and spirit? That's not the point. The mm-hmm. point is the word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword. Are you reading the word of God? Yeah. Is the sword in your hands? We used to call it when I was a kid, sword drills. That's what we called we it. Yeah. You should do that. <laughs> yep. And literally they would call it out and you would, you would try to find it. And you know, cause I'm a three, yeah. so I'd always win. Um, yep. <laughs> and then get really frustrated when I didn't. But, um, and nowadays nobody, nobody knows anything about the Bible. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, there's, there's literally biblical illiterates, uh, um, 
Illiteracy? Illiteracy, yeah. There we go. Gosh, mm-hmm. you can't screw that word up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like misspelling intelligence. <laughs> or forgetting hiding God's word in your heart. Oh, I love that you, love that you said like that, That's like my though. new favorite moment. <laughs> that was like, oh, yeah. No one, yeah. No one at this table. No one at this table, table. Yeah. has hidden God's yeah. word in their heart. No. Well, James, no. James, Wait, hold on. I think he was oh, going to yeah. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, man, reflecting on God's word, it, it made me think of uh, when Paul tells Timothy, I think it's in First Timothy, think over what I say. For the Lord will give you understanding, mm-hmm. right? And so there is a, good. a point about um, slowing down, processing, mm-hmm. reflecting on, spending time with other believers, talking about the passage, right? right? Yeah. Writing it in your own words, trying to summarize it in different ways. And I think through that practice will we'll come a kind of clarity That's that good. wasn't there on your first reading. You yeah, know? no. Which is why I said, man, good. I got to read through this again. Let me let me think that again. So that happened mm-hmm. even this morning. I was going through some of the Psalms. I was like, man, I need to. I need to hear that again. Like what, oh, what exactly is happening, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, we, yeah, it, I love how you, you mentioned microwave. Like mm-hmm. we, we definitely, mm-hmm. we want to microwave sanctification. We want to microwave right. our meaning and, and get just like to the answer and, and don't understand that discernment comes, I think over, over the process. So, yeah. well, it's like so many people, you know, you find out you're diabetic and uh, the kind that is caused by obesity and not eating right and not mm-hmm. exercising. And it's like, well, I want this fixed. Well, we needed to live a different lifestyle for like the last 10 or 12 years. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so undoing that is a process. And so again, you know, we live in a society where we want the instant fix, we want the instant miracle, and we don't want to live with the ramifications for decisions that we've lived. You've got to live a wise life. Mm -hmm. You've got to understand the Lord and you've got to learn, you know, how to follow him and discern, especially if you're a parent, especially if you're getting married. Like think about if you're married right now, if the next time you're fighting, you just literally sat together as a couple and you just said, okay, what's God's will on this? Yeah. You know, um, you know, what's God's calling on my life? You know, like for example, um, you know, Tammy and I, I shared with you guys before, we, we sold we sold some property to pay off our momentum um uh, pledge. Pledge, right? Uh, because we want to do that and, and and do some other things. But um, you know, I'm not a millionaire. I've never I've never made a million dollars. So if that's my goal, then I've I've missed it. Yeah. But my goal and my calling is not to be a millionaire. My goal and my calling is to follow God, to plant a church and to be a part of a movement that plants 500 churches. And I've watched through the years, I've watched so many people come through sandals um, and they almost use sandals for a time, for a job, and then they go. And I, I watch them just, they're just all over the place, right? James says, a man who is double-minded is unstable in all they do. Right. And so much of the success that Tammy and I have enjoyed is simply staying where God has called us yeah. And we haven't moved. And you know, all these people say, well, God changed his mind and God calls me here. And it's like, that's not the God I know. Mm. You know, the God I know said, Matt, I'm calling you here. Um, you know, and, and, and again, he it's it, he could call me away from sandals, but it had to be a call. Yeah. I mean, like a legitimate a call, clear, a very clear yeah. call because this is my family. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, you know, all of the families at Sandals Church, many most of them live in unstable families. Many of them have no fathers. I'm the father of this church. I'm the mm-hmm. dad. I got to be stable. I got to be here. They they know where I am. And so I I live yeah. that. And again, all these people who are all over the place in the name of Jesus, it's like, that's not where he was, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he lived a pretty chill life. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't go to Rome. You know, he didn't go, he was, you know, he was just very, very stable and steady. And that's what, you know, a couple of weeks ago, when we talked about why God, our father's awesome. He is, he's stable. And I don't know that people caught that, mm-hmm. but that's what, he never changes means. And I love what uh, the verse we use. He's not in the shadows. Like so many yeah. of us are, are, our dads are like, it's like, oh, are you mad dad today? Are you drunk mm. dad today? You know, our father in heaven's never, never that way. He's stable and he's steady yeah. and he's reliable. And, and children function so well when they know what they're getting with dad. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And and marriages function so well. And um, we we celebrated um, our friend's fiftieth um, birthday, and we do words of affirmation in our house. And I love what yeah. his wife shared. She said, "You've never made me feel unstable." Mm-hmm. She wow. said, I, I, "She said I've wow. never had to worry about you <laughs> wow. leaving me or cheating." Wow. Take yeah, that off the table. Seems... Not that they haven't had challenges. And I just thought that mm-hmm. is a godly man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not perfect, but he's stable. And and for to hear a wife say after celebrating, I don't know, they were, I think they were like 27, 28 years. Wow. I have never worried about your commitment to me and our family. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's because he knows his father in heaven. And it's just, it's just really, really awesome. And and that provides stability for the home. Mm-hmm. And we just we just have to get to know God. And and guys. Man, it's just like going to the gym once. You're not gonna be. You're not gonna be in shape. Um, yeah. And and you know, people make fun of me because I'm so disciplined. And you know, just know that there's two 73 year olds in our church scratching their heads, going, "Who?" You know, um, I I've become disciplined because I've learned I need to be. Mm-hmm. And so I I do disciplines. I live a very disciplined life. My wife, you know our ongoing almost argument is, she's like, what are you doing today? Stephanie, how long has it been since you've been my assistant? Uh, two years. She probably knows exactly what I'm gonna do today. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I do the same things. <laughs> I never I, 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 I never deviate. I mean, rarely deviate. There has to be a funeral or an emergency for me to deviate. Mm-hmm. And it's because uh, structure is real and, and, and discipline has really created you know who I am today. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I have to do that. So I read my Bible, I pray. I try to spend time with my kids. I, I, I try to do the things that I, I, I'm supposed to do. And, and a lot of that was influenced actually by a Mormon, mm-hmm. uh, 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 something McCovey, Seven Habits of Highly Stephen Effective Covey. Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey. Yeah. Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective I didn't know People. He's Mormon? Yeah, he's Mormon. And I'll never, I'll never yeah, forget, I. <laughs> I'll never forget what he said is he said, if you want to get everything done in a day, you got to start with the biggest things. Remember mm-hmm. he did the bucket? The yeah. He put the rocks in first. Yeah. Wow. And I was the guy who always started with what I wanted. And I watched my kids do that now. And they mm. don't understand why what they wanted to happen didn't happen. Mm. And so, um, and again, you know, start with your calling, do what you're supposed to do. You know, literally love your family, serve God, yeah. make money so that you can give. And, th- and that's my heart, you know, um, you know, Tammy and I, you know, my goal is not to make a million. You guys have heard me say this. My goal is to give a million dollars to this church. Mm-hmm. And and I think we're going to be able to do it. And, um, and that's, you know, as the Lord continues to bless me, man, I'd love to be able to pay off all the church debt. I would love mm-hmm. to be able to do that. You're not going to see me, you know, wasting money. You're not going to see me on Preachers with Sneakers. Although Fredo <laughs> did buy me some really cool sneakers for my birthday. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you bet. Yeah, I actually watched uh, Judah Smith on a, having a conversation. I hate it when they say that. Let's have a conversation. I'm like... <laughs> Dude, you're a bunch of rich dudes with nice sneakers. So, anyways, um, we digress. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, well, I, the discernment. I, I, I just totally went like, no, it's discernment. No, no, yeah, I watched that. Fredo's eyes start glazing, and I knew. No, it's good. <laughs> wrap it up. So much of that of what you're talking about, and the beauty of wanting discernment. And Stephanie's question is: it it sounds like she really wants intimacy and yeah. wants mm-hmm. int- intimacy with God. Which Amen. He, yeah. Which he says. Uh, that's what I love in James um, chapter one: If any of you lacks wisdom, let him oh. ask of God, who gives all with all generously and with uh, without reproach ask in faith like mm. just that that beautiful exchange and that relationship how it draws us close when we desperate are desperate for discernment Amen. yeah i think yeah. one way to do that too as you go through your day to ask god in prayer how are you coming to me in the, in this moment like through this mm. meeting through this assignment that's through good this conflict god what, what are you good. wanting to say 
how should I respond, you know, mm-hmm. um, whether it be with confidence or with kind of humility, like there are ways in which you can ask God throughout the day, mm-hmm. um, what should I be experiencing here? Yeah. How, how do you want me to um, have you with me, you mm-hmm. know, in, in this particular moment, so. Yeah, and I think where we're so off as a society is, and even in the church as we say, how does this make me feel? Yeah. And that's our instant mm-hmm. uh, response rather than what would God have me do? That's the good yeah. advice problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and um, I, I wish I could go back and talk to Matt Brown about so many of the issues that I faced in our church that made me feel insecure, afraid, um, mm. worried, stressed, anxious. And I could go back and just say, Matt, what has God called you to do? And then do that, do the right thing, be humble, ask for forgiveness and That's move so freeing. forward. Yeah. I know, but yeah. I didn't do it because, because again, like all my fear and anxiety early on was if this person leaves, sandals will fail. Mm-hmm. The only thing that can make sandals fail is the Holy Spirit leaving. Yeah, That's it. Yeah, And the Holy Spirit yeah. is here, right? And so I needed to go back and it was a lack of maturity, a lack of understanding, go back and say, God, I believe with all my heart that you've called me to do this and I'm gonna trust you in this. And I'm gonna respond in a Christ-like manner. And so, um, right, so that's what Jesus says. If someone slaps you on the cheek, right? So something's come at you that you're not prepared for, you're not ready for, it was unexpected, it was hurtful, mm-hmm. welcome to church. Yeah. You know, he doesn't say, then find another church, <laughs> yeah. then go somewhere else, then leave. He says, turn and let them have the other cheek also. Why is that? Because God's got you. Mm-hmm. He's got you in this, if you're in God's will. Now, if you're just being an idiot, and you're being an idiot. But I love that passage that you quoted in James because James is called, literally his name was James the Wise. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure every day, I mean, I'm not sure, but I I think this is a healthy speculation. Uh, Because his name was James the Wise, every day people said, how are you so wise? Mm. And his answer is, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. And so what he's saying is, as I ask God, I ask God mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, James sits at the head of the council in Acts 15, trying to discern and understand what God's will is as we have, you know, real yeah, racial tension. Blood. Yes. Yeah. You know, what What are we going to do? What, what, what ultimately is okay and not okay? Those are big decisions that ultimately, think about that, are going to either derail the church Mm-hmm. Or or let it set sail. I mean, mm-hmm. I, sorry, I use a train illustration and, and, a, and a boating illustration. <laughs> we get it. It's all we travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's travel. It's tra- <laughs> Planes, trains, and yeah. automobiles. You get it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So we're gonna wrap up with one question from Nick, which you kind of referenced earlier when we started mm-hmm. talking about faith versus works and whether yeah. you know all those things. So I'm just gonna get into Nick's question. It starts off with, "I'm in a real tizzy about faith alone versus faith plus works." Ooh, tizzy. I know. It's a good word. That's why that made it in. <laughs> if you use the word the tizzy. Day. I'm gonna get your question on the show. It says it seems like there are Bible verses that directly contradict each other on this topic. Right. On the one hand, there are verses like Romans 10:9, which states that salvation is as simple as believing and confession. Then there's Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, which seems to shoot down the idea of works-based salvation. On the other hand, there's James 2:24, which straight up says the opposite of Ephesians 2. <laughs> I've heard what, that what James 2 really means is that true faith produces works, not that we're literally justified by works as it says, but it seems to require a lot of mental gymnastics to reach that conclusion rather than just taking it for what it says. I want to believe in faith alone, but it just seems like there are too many verses that support both sides. In any case, I want to know the truth, not just what I want to hear. God's not the author of confusion, but I am confused. I appreciate clarification. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. so just so you know, uh, what was his name? Nick. Nick. Nick, man. Uh, Martin Luther wanted to 
kick James out of the canon of scripture. So it bothered him too. So, mm. so just understand that. And, um, you know, I think that we need to just know that the sandals theology is we're saved by faith through grace alone. Mm-hmm. So we are not saved by works, but I think that James needs to be in the word of God. We need to wrestle with that. Uh, so many times when I used to do counseling, um, I actually did counseling like in your mm. office. Wow. Yeah. And they're still married. So um, <laughs> yeah, they're, just some, they're just some friends good, of mine. Yeah. 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 I'm still not good at it, but so many times, you know, I would hear uh, men manipulate women and they would say things like this, you know, I love you. So what they're saying is, despite the evidence of how I behave, mm. I'm going to manipulate you with words mm. and I'm going to ask you to believe me, even though my behavior is abusive and says yeah. everything contrary to the fact that mm. I love you. And I think that's what James is saying is there are people who say, I believe in God. And he says, even the devil believes. Now what you got? Mm. Now what you got? So if I have, he quoted Romans ten nine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so sandals comes out of that passage, you know, how can they hear unless they, they're mm-hmm. preached? How can someone right. preach unless they, I mean, that's one of my bedrock passages of scripture there. Uh, Beautiful are the feet that bring good news. And, right. and the good news is when we confess with our mouths and we believe in our hearts, we're saved, right? That's the good news. Um, but when I truly believe something, my behavior will alter. And I think that's the point James is making is you have mm-hmm. a lot of people who are saying, and the whole concern of James and the Pharisees uh, in that movement is these people just believe, they right. make a statement, but they don't live a righteous life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so that's the concern. And so the concern is, so from the Pharisaic side is, well, they have to follow the law so that we can make sure that we control this. The whole argument of Galatians is, is once the spirit of God is inside you, the f- works of the flesh are obvious. Mm. Don't do this, don't do that, like the bachelor. The bachelor, the bachelorette. Yeah, bachelorette. I, yeah. I can, I can have sex with people, and G, and me and Jesus are good. She doesn't have the spirit of God inside her. Right. She's raised a Christian. Mm-hmm. She's raised in a Christian environment. Yep. She knows Christian language, and she thinks she knows Jesus. She doesn't know Jesus. She doesn't have the spirit of God mm-hmm. inside her, calling out Abba Father. Because, and then we have another guy who's actually kind of a jerk on the show who says, "Oh he's, man, that, says he's yeah. heard from God." So he has his own issues. Oh. So he's not having sex, but he's a he's yeah. a moron. Right? To we'll talk later here. about yeah. what's going on there. Well, yeah. it's crazy. This goes back to like the very first question we had in the show, where he's like, "These people are saying they've been Christians their whole lives, oh, but they're yeah. clearly not." Yeah, you know, it's that the same thing. Christianity. Yeah, there yeah. was this phrase I used on Sunday. I wish I would have said it clearly in all of the services, but the the teachings of Jesus don't save us. The teacher Jesus does, mm-hmm. and when we're saved, we love his teachings. In other words, yeah, we want to like obey. Mm-hmm. So we're saved by faith alone. But that faith ultimately is never alone because it will be demonstrated through um, our obedience, our works, as mm-hmm. James puts it. So, yeah, yeah Paul and James um, on the surface appear to be saying different things, but they're, mm-hmm. take, they're talking to different groups of people. And that's, that's a big, that, important piece to that. The yeah, context yeah of the absolutely. Audience. And yeah. so the teachings of Jesus become our guidelines after we've been saved by the teacher. You know, right. we, we begin to love his teachings. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think, I think that's something that's got to be constantly mm-hmm. um, clarified as we try to understand the relationship between faith and works. Yeah. But, and don't just be bamboozled by people's words, you know? Um, like if I told you guys I was African-American, do you believe me? No. 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 Because there's no evidence right. to support us. that. Yeah. Right. And so, and that's the problem is with Christianity, we can't, we can't see your soul. 
Right. So I have to look at your actions. I have to look at your behavior. Are, you know, are they Christ-like? Right. And people who are truly saved. And, you know, again, look at Paul's life. So Paul is all saved by grace. He's all grace, 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 faith alone, faith alone, faith alone. Look at his life. The guy travels the globe. He's The guy worked more than anybody mm-hmm. else yeah. mm-hmm. because he had an encounter with Jesus. He right. met the risen Christ. And he's like, I am going to be a slave mm-hmm. and work work like a slave for the rest of my life for Jesus Christ, who loved me and called me as his own, right? I mean, I mean, and, and it's just, so these people that are like, oh yeah, me and, me and God are good and me and mm. Jesus are good. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't go to church. I don't serve. I don't give. I don't do any of these things. I mean, what if I told you guys, you know, I love Tammy, but I don't, I don't spend time with her. I don't give her any money. I mm. never serve her. I never help her. I'm not interested at all what's important to her. Do I love her? Do I do I have a relationship with her? No. Right. Now I know that there's this person named Tammy, but I don't have a real and intimate relationship with her. Yeah. And and that's mm-hmm. the thing is, I don't know why this this is such a stumbling block to people. But um, you know, from time to time, my my wife has gotten confused with I don't understand why this person is saying one thing and doing another. I'm like because they're a fat hypocrite. That's that's <laughs> I, it doesn't bother me as much. I'm like you're fake. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I know fake people because I was really good at it. I mean. I'm a three, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of back to what both of you are saying. It's really, again, with the context of this chapter, of chapter two, he's talking about really defining what is faith. Right. Where so much of it is, are, is it how I feel or just kind of how I think in some ways? But James gets down to some of the nitty gritty of let's really define what we're talking about when we say the word right. faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. that can even, get loose. Yeah, I'm sorry. Even, even Abraham in... Galatians, when he's quoted, he had, he believed God, not that like God would save him in the end, but that God would provide what he said he was going to do for him in the moment. Like, I'm going to get you where you need to go. I'm going to provide the things you need now. And as a response, he believed in that promise and Mm -hmm. he act, he acted accordingly, you know? And so I think that's, what's important when, yeah, when people mention, I'll have faith. I believe that God's done this for me. Well, why don't you demonstrate that in the way that you care for other people, you know? That's good. So... Yeah, uh, that's good. Yeah, and just know we're we're all going to to be contrary to our faith at some point in time. Sure. I'm going to I'm I guarantee this week I will not be Christ-like to my wife. I will not be Christ-like to somebody on the highway. I will not be Christ-like. I will not. I guarantee I will not be Christ-like in my response to I listen to the radio. Mm. You know, to my my political talk radio. I will not be Christ-like. <laughs> my initial reaction is almost never Christ-like. Mm. And then the Holy Spirit's like, really? Mm. We good? You know, and I, I, I listen to the Holy Spirit and it's like, you're describing my morning. Yeah, I mean, and that's, and that's the way that it works. The, pr- the problem is when you don't have that other voice that's going, really? Mm. Yeah. Like, cause that, 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 that's the spirit of Christ in you that's going, this is, this is not what I've called you to. This is not what I, I, I meant for you. Um, mm. And so, for example, that's you know, good. my struggle with pornography changed radically when I gave my life to Christ at 21. I had no problem with it before. It never bothered me. I didn't mm. stop looking at it after I became a Christian. It bothered the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It drove I'm like, what is wrong with me? I feel terrible. Mm. This does not feel right. And it's because I have the spirit of God inside of me that's saying, those are my lost daughters. Those are your sisters. And you're using them. And I'm like, what is this? (laughs) It's the spirit of God. The desire for sexual gratification didn't go away. How I was going to use my body sexually changed. 
mm-hmm. changed. And and I, I man, I'm telling you, that that was the battle. And and it's and this is why so many churches are caving to that issue as we get into Galatians five. Oh, mm-hmm. just like what she said on the Bachelorette, me and God are good. Because I'm I'm only having yeah. sex with people I love. Well, show me that verse. <laughs> right. Yeah. Show me that. I mean, that doesn't right. exist. That's your own personal made up form of Christianity, which is really what most people do. Yeah. Most people, because they don't read the word of God, uh, and it's, you know, it's really uh, dominant. She's from Alabama, I think. It's mm. really dominant. People just assume they're Christians, mm-hmm. like in Canada. And it's like, sweetie, I love you. But I mean, I don't actually yeah. love her. I wish her well. Right. So uh, you're, th- that is incorrect. Yeah. God does care. He does care about how we operate uh, and go back to James uh, in, in in 15. One of the non-negotiables of Acts 15 is sexual behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when, when it came down to what is the core of our faith, James goes, okay, we gotta, we've got to live differently with our bodies. Yeah. And that is contrary to our physical desires. Right. Yeah. Our physical desires are going to say this. Our spirit is going to say, you know, this. And so we, we just have to really, really trust God that, you know, um, Holy Spirit, what are you saying on this? And I never trust, um, like people always tell me, yeah, as soon as we get a sandals in Hawaii, I'm going. I'm like, then I don't know if the Lord's called you. So you got my email on that? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right? Um, I mean, part of the reason sandals is in the Inland Empire is because when I was in seminary, everybody's planting churches in Laguna Beach, Mm -hmm. Malibu. Now it's the cities. Yeah, now it's the cities. Right. Nobody cares about where most of the middle income people are moving. Nobody yeah. cared. And I'm like, okay, so the Inland Empire yeah. is the fastest growing area of Southern California, and God hasn't called one church planter there. Hmm. And I, I just, that convicted me. And yeah. so, you know, Paul says, right, I want to go where the gospel has not been preached. It's not that the gospel had not been preached here, but uh, I knew the Inland Empire. Yeah. I had some contacts in Riverside. I got, I gave my life to Christ at... Uh, Harvest and uh, grateful for that church and, and that ministry, mm. and and I came here and we started Sandals Church. And again, just l- listening to the Spirit is not hard. The Spirit mm, yeah. speaks. The Spirit mm. still speaks. Don't grieve it. Don't silence it. Don't don't shut yeah. him up. Um, I shouldn't use the word it. Do you, no, are you yeah. going to correct me? The person. Yeah. yeah. yeah you no, I love person. what I love what you had to say on intimacy because the whether it's the girl on the Bachelor or any one of us or the people in Galatians five as Paul's writing to them. Um, the the irony, especially for people today, is that we're we're using sex um, as a way to find intimacy when mm-hmm. it's originally mm-hmm. a gift that you already have intimacy, right? Mm-hmm. right? And so it's, it's now good. become the means to it versus the fruit that you actually have it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's so sad to see anyone, you know, on the Bachelor or in, in real life trying to um, use this mechanism, yeah. this experience, as a way to find well, what it was meant to say is like you already have this. You can right. enjoy sex because you have. Uh, an established committed relationship with someone, you know, but I remember one author describing it because he, he, there was two people who wrote a book on cohabiting. I think it's called cohabitation in America, the two journalists out of New York. Mm. And they used the phrase as they did all this research and interview people who kind of bought into cohabiting versus like a traditional understanding of marriage. marriage, Yeah. Yeah, They said it was like trying out for a team I'm never going to make. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Hmm. And that's how I would imagine a lot of people on a show like The Bachelor, Phil, or anyone oh, in their regular life, sure. right? Just right. kind of giving themselves wholly over to someone only to be told at the end, like, oh, you're not on my team. Yeah. You know, it's devastating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And not only that, but to like to have people try out, yeah. you know, yeah. like, uh, you know, I, 
I didn't marry Tammy because she's a, a gymnast sexually, right? I married her because I loved her and I'm committed to her. And intimacy mm-hmm. is not about that crap that I watched on pornography. It's about actually loving and connecting. And and just so you know, if you've struggled with it, if you've struggled with porn, you're gonna struggle with intimacy. Yeah. Just yeah. know that because it's 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 completely destroying. And that's what I tell my son over and over again is I, I just hope and pray that he doesn't get hooked on that stuff because it really messes um, yeah. you up. But um, gosh, I, my, I just totally lost my train of thought. Intimacy. Yeah, it's no. gone. Whatever yeah. it was. I think That's I'm good. hungry. Yeah. <laughs> so just just, well, just yeah. know this. We're going to talk more and more about this as we get into Galatians 5 right. specifically. Right. Um, and, 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 you know, just know all of the things that the Spirit's going to prompt you to do. So your flesh is going to prompt you to drive a nice car, to live in a fancy house, to take mm-hmm. vacations. The Spirit's going to prompt you to be generous to the church mm-hmm. and fund the church. Yeah. All the things that the Spirit is going to prompt you to do... Um, you know, Tammy and I are we're going to pay a huge tax penalty because we felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to give to the to a momentum project. We yeah. got two kids in college, you know, probably maybe weddings soon. So it's mm. not like we got a we had, we had a room full of cash. We're like, Fredo, what do we do with this? And you're like, <laughs> Pastor Matt, I think that you should give it to momentum. I'm like, thank you, Fredo, for leading me in this <laughs> discernment. This cash is taking. So let's go to a Laker game. Yeah, 2020. <laughs> oh man, oh, no. championship. Oh man, I hope so. Oh, so. No. Um, <laughs> Just know that the spirit of the prompting is is always the, the, the Holy Spirit as as He prompts you is always going to be different from what your natural desires are, and right. that's why I love the beginning of Galatians five because right. we are never free from this conflict. Right. Yeah. And um, people who aren't born again don't have the conflict. People who are born again do have the conflict, right. and we have to listen to this. And and again, ladies, you want to find a guy. So you know, I, my my goal is not just to love Tammy in life. My goal is to love her in death as well. So if I die, she is taken care of, she's provided for, mm. our children are taken care of. That's my responsibility is to look after her because when I'm dead, we can't be sexually intimate, right? Yeah. I mean, no, maybe, right. and then she goes to jail, but right, that's gross. Of course. So, um, <laughs> yeah, my my job, love, love is not just for what I can get out of it, yeah. but love is actually providing for her beyond me. Because yeah. I'm not trying her out, I'm in it to the end. That's and right. I, 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 you know, repeatedly, once or, well, I don't know how many times a year, but we'll have conflicts where I say, I'm in it to the end. Mm. I'm not going anywhere. I'm here for you. I want to provide stability for you in that. And that's so uh, important right. and, and so essential to love. And so ladies, you know, most guys will have sex with you. Very few of them will love you, mm-hmm. uh, provide, give support, um, you know, be faithful. And, and, and again, you just really, really got to know that, you know, sex can um, really enhance a relationship or destroy yeah. it. Yeah. And um, it enhances it when you do God's way. So we'll get into that. That's good. But um, well, are we yeah. done? Yeah. yeah, we're going to wrap up for now. But if you guys have questions, we're going to keep answering your questions throughout the series. So please send those in to us. You can do that at debrief.show. That's right. Shoot us a DM on Instagram or a message on Facebook. We'll make sure to get your questions to Pastor Matt. We'd love to get them on here. Yeah. Awesome. Love you guys. And sorry, I forgot the Bible verse that's hidden in my heart. We forgive you. 